Welcome to Dr. Annette West Speaks. Great to have you with me on today. I do hope you are doing well. Today is a newsworthy day as we look at the government shutdown. Think about it. As of today, our country, the United States of America, is in the 27th day of a government shutdown. If you've watched the news, listened to other podcasts, checked um, check so many different media outlets. There is a lot of dialogue being presented on the government and what's going on. If we think about it, the president in position, Donald Trump, as he ran for office, he made a lot of uh, promises to people about building a wall. And initially he said, and this I'm just reminding us of some things. Initially, he told people that the government, the U.S., the Mexico, uh, Mexico was going to uh, fund the border. And the Mexican government government came back and said, no, we're not going to fund that. So Trump has been consistently impressing upon people that everything that happens has to do with the border wall. He's talking about the fact that um, we need security. Of course we need security. Every country needs security. We've always needed security. So there's nothing new there. And there's always been pieces of walls in place and people, security in place in different areas to try to keep people out. I know he even ran on the fact that a lot of the uh, issues and things that are going on in our country is based on people, people coming across the border. But if we really do our research correctly and we really look at the hard facts, a lot of things that he said are not true. But yet still people grab a hold to them. But even beyond that, why are we in this place today? where we have to have almost 800,000 Americans who work for the government protect us in so many different areas, making sure that things happen, have jobs, but aren't getting paid. Are furloughed, meaning they're at home trying to figure out how they're going to get paid, where the money's going to come from. And then on top of this, we have some government workers that are considered as essential. So they have to go to work. So these people have to get up in the morning, have to get dressed, have to put gas in their vehicles to get to work, have to make it to work, have to still follow the same expectations for their jobs. And yet they are required to go to work and not be paid. What boggles my mind is how we can have a government that has been voted in place who would think that it would be acceptable to vote a pay increase for the government 
in the White House arena when the people who are doing all the supporting of everything are not being paid. It makes no sense. Anybody with good, good eyes can see that the picture is rather shameful when you think about it. Now look, this shutdown, it affects so many people, so many places, so many situations. And maybe you're one of those people that it doesn't impact you directly today. Maybe you still have your job and you don't work for the government. And so you feel like I don't have to worry about it. But in reality, at some point, all of what's going on is going to impact us in some way, some shape, some form. So we have 800 federal employees who are either working without pay or they are being forced to stay home on furlough. You know, I was thinking about how when you're looking at your finances, money managers will tell you you need to have six months of income put aside, um, a year's worth of income. But the reality is that's not feasible for most people. If people live their means, then why, where would they have money to just put in the savings? We, it sounds great, but even if you did have, say, I don't know, $20,000 in a, in a savings account, in an account that you could pull out for something like this, depending on what a person pays for their mortgage, um, their vehicles, other things, food, will be a determining factor as to how far that $20,000 will go. Someone who's putting out about $5,000 or $6,000 a month would basically survive just a little more than three, than three months without pay coming in. And so I think, you know, sometimes we, we make it sound like a lot of times it's doable for people to put all of this money together, but it really isn't. So what we have right now is a lot of people who really do live from paycheck to paycheck. And if they live from paycheck to paycheck, one, just getting one, not receiving one paycheck can impact them. Not receiving two paychecks could, um, could make them not be able to pay their mortgage for the month. That means they go in the arrear, they, they, they go into the red. But listen, those companies who oversee those loans, they don't want to hear about the fact that you don't have a job or you're on furlough. They want you to pay your bill. And it, it saddens me that our government is so inconsiderate of people's needs. I don't know if it's because maybe they're at a place where they have enough money set aside that it's no big deal for them. But then again, I'm not sure because look, they want to vote themselves what? A raise? They want to vote them a raise while people are not being paid. How idiotic is that? So this, um, this government shutdown is going to impact so 
many people. I know I was looking about on, uh, on the news about the TSA workers who are required to go to work. But a lot of TSA workers were calling in sick. It is such a, a, a interesting position that people are being put in. So if you have to work, but you're not getting any money, that means you can't even go and try to get unemployment while this is going on. You can't even try and go get another job in the interim while this is going on and make a few dollars because you're being forced to work and you're not getting any, any return on it. A lot of airports because of this, do what they have longer lines <clears throat> because a lot of the TSA workers are not going to work. They're calling in sick. A lot of people now are looking for jobs in different, in different professions, in different areas, because it looks like where they thought that they had a good, solid um, income, something like this happens. Think about the fact that in the our agricultural system, government, if it's shut down, how can it monitor what's going on with the foods that are coming in, with the foods that are being brought forward? So we may have a lot of health issues to arise. What about the um, national parks and things that are shut down? But people are still going to work. There's no one there working to clean up, but people are still going to the parks. So trash and debris is still building up. But there's a short down, a, sh a shutdown. <clears throat> it's really, really sad when you think about it. What does a wall have to do with you not being paid? Really, what does a wall have to do with your not being paid? It really shouldn't have anything to do with you not being paid. If you think about, I'm always telling you to think about it. I'm not sure. I think um, Donald Trump is just, the kind of person that once he puts his mind to something, it doesn't have to make sense. And when I look at this, it's like, I said, this is like one of the most stupidest business moves someone can make. But then I'm reminded, Donald Trump says he's not a politician. He's a businessman. Well, it looks like he's making bad business decisions. Bad business decisions that affect a lot of other people, the same things that he did when he ran for office and before then. He was making bad business decisions, but he was yet still voted into the presidency of the United States. For me personally, I would never just want somebody who says, I'm, a, I'm not a politician, I'm a business person, when what you're going in is politics and you must understand some inner workings of the government to go into politics. But that's just my thinking. So where there's no funding, there's going to be a lot of breakdowns.
think about it, this, the um, United States Department of Agriculture that I was mis mentioning um, has a program called SNAP, which is a Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It's also known as food stamps. Listen, there are a lot of people who need food stamps to survive. So even though the USDA has a reserve fund, the program costs more per month than the fund has on reserve. And so it means there are like about 20 million households. Think about it. Households that receive assistance so that they can eat. And in the next month, if this continued to go on, they may not have money to eat. They may not have food stamps to eat. What about people who are um, on rent uh, governmental rent assistance and they don't, they are not receiving that money and therefore they can't, that money's not going into the, um, to the, to the landlords, but the landlord wants their money or they've got to get out of the place. Think about it. Um, a report by NBC News said that the, the HUD had suspended health and safety inspections for low-income housing that receives funding from the agency. That means some of these places, the owners may, may really become slumlords because right now they feel like they can get away with things. They don't have to follow through with things because there's no one um, inspecting what's going on. Some people, you want to file your taxes. There may be a delay in taxes right now. The IRS is, um, you know, a lot of people that work for the IRS are not working. So even if you if you file your paperwork, it may not be any telling um, when, when that paperwork will even be um, taken care of. So there may be a delay in um, whatever you need to receive back. You know, sometimes, as the old people say, sometimes you have to laugh so you don't cry because the picture that you see is so saddening, saddening is, is so shameful that this country that we live in, the United States of America, that has prided itself for so long on being so great, is so insufficient to meet the needs of its people today. That's really, really sad when you think about it. I was I was looking at another re a report the other day that said um, like like the spiral effect of how this is happening. Um, this family, both of them worked professionals, made good money. Both of them worked for different entities of the government, but both of them are on furlough because they're on furlough. That means they don't need the nanny who was taking care of their three kids. So now they're both not getting any income to take care of them or their three kids. And then the nanny who they would normally pay 800, 800 every two weeks, 
doesn't have an income because they don't need the nanny right now. For those who are furloughed and they have slots at the daycare centers, the daycare center doesn't care that you're furloughed. The daycare center base its um, income on bodies on slots. So if you're out of, if a person is out of work, they may lose their slot at the daycare. So then if they, when the government decides to open back up, now they're trying to struggle in hoping they can find someplace else to put their kid and may not be a place for them. It's like, if you talk about the spiral effect of this government shutdown, there was, um, I have been really looking at a lot of stuff. Um, people who were slated for surgeries, but they can't get the surgeries because of medical care transactions that are on hold. People who, uh, someone was in the process of adoption and had to have something finalized by a certain date, the way it stands now, that date is going to pass. And where will that those people be with the money that they've spent, at, you know, and, and invested to adopt this child and the paperwork isn't even, you know, completed. And really a significant concern for all of the people who are, who are furloughed or those who are being made to work is that, especially the ones on furlough, that the government could decide, come back to work, but you might've been out, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, but we're not going to give you, you, you're not going to get that money back. Like we're not going to give you that money because you didn't work. Not the fact that you didn't work because you chose not to work. You didn't work because they said you can't work, but now you need that money so that you can kind of try to recoup. And then they say they're not going to give it to you. And so it is just so many things. Um, this really heartfelt right now. And, you know, as I look at it, it doesn't impact me, my household or my finances, but because of who I am, I grieve when you grieve. So when I see the plight of other people, I can't rejoice in my good because I have to see what they are going through. And then I have to see how can I assist them? How can I assist someone else? Think about it. People aren't working. There are a lot of businesses that 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 survive or maybe 80 percent of their income comes from the governmental workers in that area. So now with those governmental workers not not earning any income, those businesses now may lose about 80 percent of their income. And so they have to get rid of some of their employees <clears throat> and hopefully not. Excuse me. And hopefully not have to close down. And think about what about our students, our, our children that are uh, were waiting for student loans to be approved or wait or they were approved. And now the money's not coming in. What happens to them? What kind of situation has our government put them in? Very, very saddening when you think about it. But I believe that even with this shutdown, 
things like this show us who we really are, who we really are as a nation, who we really are as people. Because if you can be content with your life while all of this is going on, then you cannot be a concerned and compassionate person. So our economy is going to take some hits. The longer the shutdown lasts, the more negative outcomes. Kevin Hassett, I'm chairman of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. He said that the shutdown will cut U.S. economic output by about 0.1% every two weeks. That's about in line with an estimate that Bloomberg also addressed the economist that a government shutdown lasted two and a half weeks. And he used the example from 2013 um, shutdown and subtracted 0.30 percentage points from quarterly gross domestic product. So the longer a shutdown lasts, the more it impacts our economy as well. You know, it, it, this could end today. You know, Trump could just give up on that $5.7 billion trillion that he wants for a wall. They really had nothing to do with the things that they needed to talk about at the table. It was something that he added to it. So the government didn't have to be shut down. You know, it was Trump's choice. He said, well, the, the Democrats, but if we really think about it, it is not about the Democrats. It's about the president. The president has had two years already to do whatever needed to be done. So why now do it? Only because that's what he chose to do. The Democrats shouldn't pledge any money beyond what they would normally pledge. For rebuilding of sections of the wall. They can find an impasse, a, a, you know, a happy median or something. I don't really care what they decide other than the ultimate thing is to open the government back up. And I, I really appreciate the, the, uh, the government officials who actually said, you know what, I'm not going to take any pay while other government employees are being furloughed or being made to work and not get paid, I should be ashamed to, to take my salary because by taking, I'm taking a salary based on the job that I have not done. If, if our country is in a shutdown, then it means the government has not done what it is paid to do. It has not done what the taxpayers voted them in to do. And so I would say that Donald Trump and nobody else should have gotten any salary, any money. But I, one of the things I see is the rich continuing to get rich. Historically, there have been thir 13 different shutdowns to take place since 1981, and they range from 21 days. And then there was a three-day at one point. 
but most of those um, agencies operated as normal during those funding gaps. The, the last big one was the 21-day shutdown in December of 1995 and January of 1996. And this was the impasse between President Bill Clinton and the Republican House Speaker, Newt Gingrich. But we have to be really careful because the U.S. can easily breach its debt ceiling and default on some of its obligations. No, it hasn't happened, but there's always that possibility. So President Trump, all of those in the in the um, Washington, D.C. area need to really, really get on task and get this taken care of so that people can get back to work, that people can earn the money that they go to work for, that people can put their lives back together. And I, uh, you know, I'm praying and I hope that you're praying as well that people aren't losing their homes over this, that people's credit isn't going bad over this because bad credit also stops people from getting new jobs. So it's just so much, so much, so much, so much that I can't even really talk about all of it. But on a positive note, on a positive note, it's been beautiful to see so many food kitchens and businesses and restaurants um, offering food to these people who are out of work and being furloughed and have no income coming in. It has been so nice to see this. It has been nice to see businesses, churches, and companies giving, um, even if it's a $20 gift card to, to someone who's be, who's been furloughed, um, making sure that babies have diapers, you know, just the, the essential things that, that people need milk in their house. And one of the things that we normally see is in hard times, we get to see the true caliber of who people are. We get to see the true fiber, what people are really made out of. That, that we still have some kind and compassionate people in this country. People that see another suffering or struggling and they're willing to share what they have. That's a true testament of serving others. Excuse me. So I've said a lot and I appreciate you listening in on today. And so in closing, I just want to remind you that I'm on every Thursday. I'm posting a new podcast that my hope is eventually to have enough resources coming in that I can do a, a, a week podcast, a Monday through Friday. But if um, I, I just wrote a new uh, ebook and you can find it on Amazon. It's called Holistic Wellness, Mind, Body, and Soul. I think it's like $4.99. I encourage you to go in and uh, download that and give me a review. 
believe me, it's very much appreciated. And listen, I solicit your questions, your comments, and you can send that to me at Dr. Annette West Ministries at gmail.com. Dr. Annette West Ministries at gmail.com. I hope you have a great rest of this week. Find someone to serve. Dr. Annette West, signing out. Bye.